Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again. I just I want to tell you I really appreciate the um, number of people that uh, explore these videos, that that spend time in groups, kind of looking at them, and um, also the the warm feedback and encouraging words that that many of you offer. Um, hopefully, it's not just encouraging to you guys, the ones who are offering the encouragement. Hopefully everybody feels that way, you, but uh, I don't ever want to um, give you things that feel like just a way to occupy your time um, and call it spiritual. Um, my hope is that as we do these videos and James and, and Don Defoe has done one as well, and, and as we put these out there for you, it actually is uh, feeding something, not just feeling like a, a way to spend time um, on something other than Netflix that feels spiritual. So thank you for taking the time, whether it's as an individual or in a group, to um, explore these each week. Um, yesterday we kind of uh, talked about our purpose, which is to love God passionately and serve neighbors generously and grow in Christ intentionally, about that purpose actually being our process. And hopefully you saw in the, the sermon on Sunday that, that that purpose kind of actually feeds that process and that process feeds itself. Um, and I love the, uh, the image of that Celtic tree that we shared, you know, growing higher up into God and further out into our community and more deeply rooted in Christ. Um, and becoming intertwined in that. So what I thought we would talk about now, today, um, in this, this uh, digging deeper, is the idea of focus and alignment. Um, having a purpose and knowing how that purpose can be played out and realized in a process, then the question becomes, what am I going to focus on? How do I align and structure life around this? So I want to I revisit Mark 12, um, starting at verse 28, uh, before we go too much further. I'm going to read these verses again. We read them in the sermon on Sunday, and we'll, we'll go through them again right now. It starts in verse 28. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all? Now, I want to stop for a moment there and pause. The scribe's question to Jesus is basically, what is the most important thing? What matters the most? What is the commandment that I have to focus on above all others? And then it goes on in verse 29. Jesus answered, the foremost is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so the scribe asked Jesus, what is the foremost, the most important commandment? Not commandments, commandment, one. And Jesus answered by giving him two. I think this is a critical point that we have to understand. I don't think Jesus is kind of saying, well, you didn't ask the right question. You should have asked what, what are the top two, not what's the top one. But what I think he's saying is that this first one is intertwined with, is infused with everything else. 
And so the idea of loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength cannot be separated from love for neighbor as self. It goes back to that verse we shared in, in 1 John 4.20. If you say you love God, but you don't love your brother whom you've seen, then you're a liar. And so those two things in Jesus' mind are interconnected. There's no separating them. They're two different things, but they're so deeply connected they can't be separated. And, and I think that's what Jesus' answer is about. So it goes on a little bit. The scribe said to him, Right, teacher, you have truly stated that he is one, and there is no one else besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more <clears throat> than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one would venture to ask him any more questions. That, that last little line is always funny to me. It's, it's like... Um, <clears throat> Everybody there watching this exchange realized very quickly that uh, that that he was going to kind of put them in their place um, gently and appropriately if they asked him questions about theology, um, and so so that gives me a chuckle. It also gives me a chuckle that the scribe offered his affirmation to Jesus as if Jesus somehow needed to be affirmed by anyone um, <clears throat> to tell him that you answered right is kind of uh, would be like a kindergartner telling Einstein that he put the theory of relativity correctly on the chalkboard for them to read. Um, but back to all this, the idea that love God, love neighbor as self are intertwined, the idea that this is the most important thing should lead us to a place where we have to ask the question, is this the most important thing in my life? Is this the primary focus of my life? And um, really what we're talking about when we talk about purpose and process of growing in our faith, of discipleship, of apprenticeship to Jesus, whatever you want to call it, of becoming like Christ, what we're talking about is alignment. How do I align all of the affairs of my life to focus on this one purpose? How do I align the moments of my life to focus on this one purpose? How do I align the things I do with my time and my money and my talents to focus on this one purpose? And so that's our invitation, honestly. The invitation in the process is this. How do I f align all of my affairs to follow through on my commitment to this purpose of loving God passionately, of serving neighbors generously, of growing in Christ intentionally. And so in the practicals, in the day-to-day, -day, it gets a little murky because most of us, our days are not filled with the choice between what's bad and what's good. Most of us, our days are filled with the choice between what's good and what's best. You know, what is a positive thing versus what is the best thing? What is a good uh, activity to engage in versus what is the best? And, and I think about, when I think about that, I think about Paul saying, you know, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable for me. 
And I remember recently a, a situation in my life where I was kind of enamored with one of those things that was lawful. It was just, you know, I wanted to do this. Um, and it wasn't a, a, a sinful thing. It was actually a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing at all. But for me in that moment, it wasn't profitable. It brought nothing to me. And I remember it took me about three or four days to kind of process through that desire for this thing that was good, but this conviction deep in my spirit that God was saying, but that's not profitable for you. It's good, but it's not profitable. And, and the question I kept feeling coming up was, you know, what do you want to move towards? What, what are you moving towards? And so in that moment, I had to align my actions in such a way that they shaped my desires from what was a good thing towards what was actually something that was a better thing, the best thing. What was lawful towards something that was more profitable. So I can do what I do because I can do it. But am I growing in that is the question. And, and I think that's what having a purpose invites us into. I, I wonder what our daily lives would look like if that became our baseline question. Is this serving the purpose that I profess, that I've committed to, that I desire? Is this thing serving that purpose? Or is it simply a distraction from that purpose? A distraction that's not evil, that's not wrong, that's not bad. A distraction that actually may have some goodness in it but still a distraction. Now think about, as, I, as I, we kind of talk through this, I think about C.S. Lewis's classic book, The Screwtape Letters, and um, the conversation in there between Satan and one of the demons. You know, basically Satan is telling the demon, look, you don't need to distract him with horrible, evil things. Just put the good in front of his face, and that will serve to dull his spiritual senses. That will serve to draw him towards things of the world rather than things of God. And if that happens, you've done your job. And, and I think that's kind of where most of us in church are. We can look at the black and the white and say, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want this, I do want that. I'm going to avoid this, I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to walk away from this thing that's destructive and hurtful and sinful and walk towards this thing that's life-giving and powerful and good. But we ignore the gray in the middle. See, I think the gray is where the spiritual battle happens. I think that's where the alignment happens. I think the alignment happens in the subtle places of life where we're faced with that choice. Am I going to choose the good thing or am I going to choose the best thing? Am I going to seek to live more deeply into my purpose? Or am I simply going to try to live a life that is um, minimal, minimally offensive to me, God, and others. And, and that's it. Um, that's not really much of a life, though, if you think about it. You know, the, the process of saying, how do I align my affairs towards loving God passionately, serving neighbors generously, growing in Christ intentionally, when I bring that into my filter of choices, of desires, then I begin to question everything. I begin to question, 
You know, what is it that I'm listening to on the radio? What is it that I am watching on television? What is it that I'm allowing to sit as thought in my mind? What are the things I'm embracing as my desires that I'm feeding? And, and I was having a conversation with somebody last week and, and um, you know, as somebody who has kind of a history of um, time spent in the gym with the intention of working out regularly and, and then also has a history of large gaps of time where I had a gym membership but, but had no activity in it, um, seeing both sides of that, we were having a conversation about uh, spiritual growth and it occurred to me, I want to share this analogy with you. It occurred to me that um, when I go to the gym sometimes, like they have these, just about every gym has like an abs section where everybody goes and, and they're working hard to get their abs, you know, because um, eventually they know summertime's coming and the beach is going to come and they, they want to be at the beach, you know, with with their abs exposed and they want to look good. They want to, you know, they, they want to look like they have a six pack and, most of us do have a six-pack. It's just hidden under a 12-pack. Um, but everybody wants to have that, that sense of abs for whatever reason. It's like that's what Western culture says is, is appealing. And they have all these ab um, exercises and, and equipment in the gym. And it always makes me chuckle because you'll see people working so hard at getting their abs and they're doing all these crunches and they're doing all these leg lifts and lunges and all this stuff. And, and as somebody who has a little bit of a history with working out, here's what I know. You don't get abs in the gym. You get abs in the kitchen. If you want abs, it's about diet. It's not about exercise. The problem is you don't have abs. Everybody's abdominal muscles look the same. It's just that most of us have piled layers of, of Twinkies and red beans and rice and fried chicken on top of them in the form of fat. And so all those ab crunches and things, they serve a purpose, but they're never going to result in what people are looking for. Here's my point with that. We tend to look at the spiritual life and say, what am I going to do to grow in my purpose, to love God passionately, to, to serve neighbors generously? to grow in Christ intentionally. What am I going to do? What am I going to exercise to do that? I want to build these muscles. But you know what a lot of us won't look at? What am I consuming? We have to address both. We have to look at it and say, yes, I need to exercise these things. I need to practice a daily devotional time. And I need to seek the truth and reality of who God is as he has revealed himself to us. And I need to serve neighbors. And I need to be about others. And I need to spend time alone with Christ and let him speak to my heart. But my question is, what are you consuming? Because just like all those people working so hard doing all those crunches and lunges and leg lifts in the gym, they need to stop and say, what am I actually eating though? What am I consuming? Because I can exercise in such a way that says I want abs, but then eat in such a way that says I don't care about getting abs and I'm what James calls double-minded. And so part of being intentional and in aligning our lives towards a purpose is not just looking at what I'm doing, but also what am I consuming? 
And, and there's the invitation in this. If this purpose is going to be my purpose, if ultimately what I want to do is become the kind of person that Paul talks about who is with an unveiled face beholding the Lord as in a mirror and being transformed from glory to glory to the image of his likeness, I have to go beyond simply what I'm doing and look at what I'm consuming. Do you want to be transformed into the image and likeness of Christ so deeply that you will challenge where you place your attention, what you look at, what you read, what you listen to, the thoughts you entertain, the desires that you allow to run wild in your heart. Because I think for this age of the church and this culture, the messages that we're bombarded with are all messages that pull us into the world. Think about what you see on social media. Think about advertisers. We just came through the biggest season of consumerism that happens annually in the Western world, Christmas. And think of all the things that we were invited into desiring, pursuing, and seeking through that time. Think about the, the average show on Netflix. And don't get me wrong, I'm not just simply talking about bad words. I'm talking about things that draw our attention towards things that lead us deeper into the world. You know, some of those things we look at, and in a Western mindset, we say, no, that's a good thing. And I think about the, the uh, old movie from the 80s, Wall Street, that made famous the line, greed is good. No, it's not. Never has been. But in a Western culture, we're bombarded with that message. We don't have to entertain that. We can look at what we're consuming. And, and so the biggest place that impacts what we consume is actually our minds. What is your mindset on? So to have a purpose and to say I want to align everything with it, so I'm going to do these things, I'm going to come to church regularly, I'm going to join a life group, I'm going to plug in and serve in a ministry, I'm going to spend you know an hour a day in devotion time every morning before I leave the house. All those things are good things, but those are exercises we engage, just like the, the ab crunches or the, the leg lifts. But we also have to ask the other side of that, what am I consuming? Am I consuming bitterness and jealousy? Am I consuming anger? Am I consuming frustration? Am I consuming self-centeredness? Am I consuming unrighteousness through the media that I watch? Am I consuming disregard for others? There's so much of that in our culture, it's hard to avoid. So all that to say, what my prayer is, my hope is right now, is that you've looked at this purpose, love God patiently, serve neighbors generously, grow in Christ intentionally, and you said, yes, I want that purpose in my life. And then my hope is that you heard the process unfold in the message from this past Sunday. And you realize that this process is, as I love God more passionately, I will become the kind of person who serves neighbors more generously. And as I serve others, I will be exposed to myself so that I can see the areas where I need to grow in Christ more intentionally. And we will begin to be people who move higher up, further out, and deeper in, in our daily lifestyle. 
And so my hope is that you said, I want this purpose. I'm going to invite this process into my life. And now the next step is alignment. I want you to align what you do with this process. But I also want you to realize that if you align your activities, your spiritual exercises with this process, and don't address what you consume, then you're going to find yourself getting frustrated by the process. So, so you think about it, you go and you spend you know, three, four, five hours a week doing ab crunches, and every night after dinner you have a pint of ice cream and you know, half a chocolate cake, you're not going to get abs. They'll be there. They'll just be unseen. You know, that's a picture of the spiritual life when we don't pay attention to what we're consuming. That spiritual life will be there, but nobody's going to see it because our consumption habits press it down into us. Just like your abdominal muscles look the same as everybody else's. It's just what's on top of them. And so I want to invite you to say, yes, I want to commit to this purpose. And yes, I'm going to engage this process. And on a practical level, as you begin to examine your life and say, how do I live into this process that will lead me higher up, further out and deeper in? As I begin to engage it and seek to live into it, I know I need to address two things. What I'm doing, what I'm consuming. So let your actions be about growing you into the image of Christ and let your consum consumption be about what feeds that image, what feeds that purpose, what feeds that process. And you know what? Truth be told, oftentimes we want somebody to tell us, well, should I watch this or should I not watch this? Should I listen to this? Should I not listen to this? That has nothing to do with it. You know in your heart, if you'll just open your eyes to examine yourself in Christ, like we talked about in Psalm 139, 23, and 24, you will know in your heart the things that you're consuming that lead you away from the image of Christ. And oftentimes, the things that I'm consuming that lead me away, they're not bad things. They're lawful things. They're just not profitable. And those same very things may be profitable for somebody else but they're not for me. We have to look at ourselves in this because God wants to transform me as an individual. He wants to do it in community. But ultimately, I am responsible for my transformation. And you are responsible for your transformation. So I need to look at what I consume and what I do, align it with this purpose, engage this process towards that purpose. I hope that helps. I just don't ever want anybody to feel like, oh yeah, we got a, a nifty little soundbite or a nice little clip we can cling to, and that's all we have to do is know this. Um, knowledge doesn't transform, action does. Now, action is determined by what I know. So I will act towards what I know. But knowledge in and of itself is never going to change me. Kind of like we said, the, the having the purpose is motivating, but having the process is activating. And so let's activate this process in our lives. Let me pray for you before you go into your group time. Father, I just am so grateful that we have the opportunity to do this together here at Temple, that we have the opportunity to encourage one another towards this process of, of becoming the kind of people who love you passionately, serve neighbors generously, and grow in Christ intentionally. But 
I'm also thankful that we have a community that can not only encourage, but also um, hold each other accountable. That we can look at each other and ask that question, what are you consuming? What are you seeking? And Father, I pray that um, we become a people who live in that Psalm 139, 23, and 24 space, where we spend moments and moments throughout our days just asking you to search our hearts, to show us the anxious things in us that are hurtful to ourselves and to others, and to lead us into the things that are everlasting. Give us one heart beating towards this purpose. Give us one desire to press into this process, but give us also shared awareness to examine not only what we're doing, but what we're consuming. And may what we do serve you, glorify you, and benefit others. And may what we consume feed and fuel this process of becoming the very image of your Son. And we ask all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great time in your groups and enjoy Pastor James's questions. There's some great ones in there. So walk through as many of them as you can. But if you find one you stick with, that's okay. Just sit in that. See you next week.